Welcome to Economically Speaking, the information podcast designed to bring you the latest economic development news in the town and the surrounding area. Hosted by Babylon IDA CEO Tom Dolan. Well, hello and welcome. Another episode of Economically Speaking. I am your host, Tom Dolan, and this is episode number 33. The hits just keep coming. We have another great guest today. Uh, with us today is David Panetta, co-president of the Commercial Industrial Brokers Society, SIBS, of Long Island. He's also the executive manager director uh, for Cushman and Wakefield. And uh, David, thank you so much for being here today. Tom, thank you so much. Let's get started, and maybe we can uh, you can share with our listening audience and just share a little bit about your background, yourself, and the work you do at SIBS, your role as uh, co-president. So, SIBS, uh, we'll start with SIBS. SIBS is 31 years old, and it was um, formed right after the formation of Association um, for Better Long Island. So that is a, the landlord group, and we're the corresponding broker group. So we were formed four years after that, really for the same reasons, for education, for um, you know professionalism, for advocacy for the region, and SIBS has been you know strong for for all of those years. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm the co-president this year. This is the first year we've had co-presidents. I've actually been president three times. No one else has even been president twice. Okay. Uh, so I've been around since uh, 1992 is when this started, and um, you know it's grown. We have a you know a political action committee now. We have a designation where there's a higher level of education where you get to use SIBS, SIBS at the end of your name, like any other designation. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're rolling out that education process, and we're starting the uh, first classes in September with that. There's four classes for that. But SIBS has worked with other regional uh, organizations in dealing with, you know, legislation from Albany. Is it going to hurt? Is it going to help? Sure. Um, Nassau and Suffolk County, those those things as well. And also dealing with individual um, townships. And we all try to be ambassadors in the community. I'm on the Huntington Planning Board, mm-hmm. so taking my real estate experience and leveraging it up. Um, and we have similar people on the Nassau County Planning Commission, Suffolk County Planning Commission, and other various, um, you know, uh, venues. Sure. So, um, but that's it. We're we're doing well, and there's a lot of synergy be- between the groups yeah. out there. Uh, well, we've had a little bit of a partnership, which has been great yeah. um, as far as your organization. And uh, I've been to some of the, your, your events and uh, from an educational standpoint, also from a networking standpoint. And you guys do a great job here on the island, that's for sure. So where, where do you see as far as, you know, either challenges for your organizations or, or for the real estate industry as a whole right now? So there is a convergence of a lot of different things that are happening. Mm. And it's making the value for um, brokers, they've become indispensable. So most major corporations, public or private, now don't even think about trying to do it themselves. They try, they hire a broker to help them through the, the labyrinth sure. um, that we'll talk about a little bit. 
Um, but it's also um, a little bit of a you know cover your ass thing. If you try to do it yourself, it blows up. Everybody's pointing at you. Absolutely. If you hire a credible broker, you know from a, a known firm, um, just like the big four, you know accounting firms, you can always point to them and say, look, this they went through. These are the numbers, and that's how it's projected. Um, you know, brokers are very data driven. Mm-hmm. So it's easy to demonstrate even a year down the road, like the market changes and it's like, why did we make this decision? Right. You know, there's plenty of evidence and support uh, of why you make that. Um, there's things that are happening now in the financial market. You know, we've had three bank, major bank failures recently and that's put a big um, crimp on a lot of the other banks. Sure. And one of the examples is are you know banks were very comfortable doing industrial loans, multifamily loans as sort of like the gold standard loans. Right. But now if they have too high of a percentage of those individual loans, they don't want to, they can't lend on that anymore. The regulators are like, look, you're at the max for this asset class. We now need to pull you know now need to pull back. So even if you have an asset in the strongest asset class, it might not be so easy to refinance well you know so that could be a challenge yeah 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 political is another area where um you know i was joking with someone saying that the the truth now is is a lie that you can get the most people to agree with and it's it's become very contentious on all levels Mm -hmm. you know from the federal trickle all the way down you know to the local um you know, even with New York State, with Governor, you know, Hochul's trying to solve a problem with housing here on the island. And, you know, doing it in a strong-armed way, but there's a problem, and we're pretty dense out here. Yeah. You know, I yeah. know where I have conversations with contemporaries of mine in all different townships on planning or zoning boards or town boards, and say, look, if it someone's coming in with an application for 300 units and there's no benefit to going forcing them to go to 200 units give them the 300 units right otherwise guess what New York State might get rid of planning get rid of zoning and come in and they're now the de facto you know land use uh, authority here and you're not gonna have any say so we need to be more reasonable gotcha and I think for the most part I think the towns have been pretty responsive, right? As a, as a region, do you, do you find that? or you? So the su- there's certain supervisors, and I'm not going to name them, but um, uh, Babylon is one that has been very resourceful, listening to people. I have, I have county execs. I have um, you know, um, town supervisors call me up and say, Dave, this is what we're thinking about. Or we have a bunch of vacant Kmart's in our thing, you know, in our um, township, and we're afraid to let multifamily. What do you think would happen? And how do you think we should allow uh, a test trial to, to allow a different use over there? So those are the people that are running the townships that succeed. Mm-hmm. Um, the ones that you know, there's others that know it all. Right. It's like. You can talk to me, but you know, I know when I'm talking to them, they're just checking a box that they spoke to somebody right, and right. 
You know, so it really it really depends. And then every four years, that could change. Gotcha. Right, and some some places every two, two years, years, right, sure. that could change. Sure. So, and uh, again, that's what's great about your organization <laughs> that you're around, you're here. Um, so, with some of the challenges, but let's talk about again with your experience. Uh, we could we could probably sit here for a couple of days, <laughs> but um, what are some of the opportunities you see? out there right now in the in the commercial real estate market. so I own real estate as well and right now the buys are B-class office buildings and you'll see let's say Damiano's Realty has been aggressive with buying 41 Pine Lawn in Melville they bought 100 uh, 100 Motor Parkway 150 Motor Parkway 1377 Motor Parkway and they got them like between 100 and 150 bucks a foot, and which is cheap. Um, that that market is on the leasing side is a little problematic right now. If you are positioning those buildings, and right now in the office, you can't talk about office or industrial without going deeper into the tranches within that. Hmm. So in office, the A class office buildings are doing very well. Rents are increasing Mm. in the Class A. Vacancy rates are going down. And the reason being is from the COVID that we've, you know, everybody just suffered through, people are still trying to work from home. So companies are trying to give a more attractive workplace, better cafe, gym, Mm. you know, conference room, Wi-Fi and lobbies and whatever. So Those buildings are doing well, so the B stuff is a little out of favor right now, but there hasn't been a speculative, speculative meaning you don't have a tenant first before you build it. Office building built in in Suffolk County, you know, like over 100,000 square feet, I'm sure there were smaller ones. Um, Craig Padover did a 40,000 one in uh, Hot Puck. But 100,000 square feet above 2009 in Melville in Suffolk County, 2005 in Jericho, um, you know, buildings over 100,000 square feet. We're 2023, so there hasn't been new product put online um, for quite a long time. So the only overflow from A, when that's filled up, is the B. So we're at right now trying to buy B office. Uh, Retail, if you want to discuss retail at all, sure is um, you know the malls are having a problem and they're reinventing themselves letting medical in they're letting uh, office users in there they would like to have residential mm-hmm. in there um, but zoning you know you have the master plan everybody keeps going back to the master plan of uh, from when we knew whatever we knew way back when when we made the master plan Things have changed. I think master plans need to be readjusted. Sure. You know, Makes uh, all around. That's interesting you talk about the malls because we've heard all different, right? It, it, was, it was, again, housing and sure. what to do. And do you ever see malls coming back or they were going to do where they made it a shopping experience? And Well, Smith Haven Mall leased, I think, 170,000 square feet, the Sears store, to Stony Brook Medical. And they are now looking to take the pennies store that was there and I think it's um, about 80,000 square feet they have I think it's 40,000 per floor 
they're looking for either medical or office or alternate uh, use there. Gotcha. You talk about uh, the Class A. What, what, who are the tenants? Who are the, the, what are the companies that are filling those places? Yeah, uh, you know, the last transactions that were done, you know, here was Axor Insurance, you know, was, was one, um, BDO. I mean, it's all the same companies. You, your lease is up. What's happened is from 20 through, uh, 2020 through 22, companies went back to the landlord and said, look, just extend our lease for a year. We don't know what we're doing. We don't know if we're coming back. Right. In what capacity? Um, but that's you know that's gone. You can't you can't work. In in my opinion, from everything that I've studied and read, you can't you can't work from home and be able to progress as quickly. Like an example is you have new people in your office, right? You're grooming new managers, new partners for the company. How, how do you, if you don't know them personally by seeing them, yeah. how do you know who, who are gonna rise to the top? And if you're the employee, you know, you're a 26 year old, you know, man or woman that is looking to navigate through, um, you know, the corporate structure, you wanna be in the office, you wanna be seen, you want, you want the culture, you, yeah. want, you want the office culture. Yeah. Uh, I think I had a conversation because right before COVID, I think Tritech was refitted, right? They, they were putting together a new office space. Yeah. Um, and he talked about how he felt bad for the young people, exactly what they were missing out on. Right. And uh, I think to your point, that uh, makes a lot of sense. It really well, does. Tritech is doing something that's phenomenal for Long Island, Station Yards. So that's by the Ronkakuma train station. Mm. And... It has the unique assemblage of being able to, you know, you could, you could drive to um, uh, deep into Nassau County in about an hour, Sag Harbor in about an hour. You could take the train to Grand Central or Penn Station in about an hour. Or you could fly to G D.C. in about an hour with mm -hmm. Isaac Airport there. Sure. Uh, so they're doing what needs to be done here on the island which is, is mixed-use development. So there's transportation, there's residential. They have a lot of the residential up. I think two-thirds of the residential is up already. Um, they signed their first uh, retail lease with a brewing company. So, saw that, yeah. Um, and we've, we're working with them to bring office tenants or medical tenants into that area to sort of finish it up. But that's, that's what Long Island needs going forward absolutely um and and the issue you know as you again i we worked on something here in the town of babylon in lindenhurst with a tri-tech project sure. and you know the pushback and and again you know and i've been to some of your programs where you monitor things is talking about the messaging and how important the messaging is right and you know prior to and listening to some of that and that was kind of the what helped put this together as far yeah. as the podcast, you know, is to get some messaging out there, oh, some great. good information out there. Uh, but now I'm a, I'm a Lindenhurst resident and people are like, wow, how great that is and what it did for the downtown. And, uh, you know, we brought it up on a couple of podcasts, that's for sure. But it's those kinds of things. But the beforehand, and it's the same with the project you're talking about out in Ronkonkoma, you know, you yeah. listen to some of the 
things that are not sure you know correct information i'll put it that way yeah you know, you know? similar to this on the industrial side there's the um you know what's generally known as fcal you know the uh it's 1643 acres riverhead got ownership from the u.s navy you know the federal government for economic development mm -hmm. so we i was working with them and they're they're to the point now where there should be a closing in the fall and that has existing sewer, existing freight rail, and existing airstrips. And again, it's, it's that intermodal and downtown Riverhead. I don't know if you've been there. Yeah. You know, it's sort of like a repeat of the Patchogue yeah. you know, story, um, you know, where initially you're like, don't want to stop fully at a red light, you know, right. you keep a little roll going on the car. And now it's great. I was out in Riverhead yesterday. Um, you know, Babylon's always enjoyed very, very strong, you know, residents and retailers and mm -hmm. whatnot. Huntington Village always has as well, but not all the downtowns, you know, were able to do that. No doubt. But um, they're going to do a, um, it's Calvertian Aviation and Technology. You know, they're going to do 9.8 million square feet, sort of like a Hot Pog Business Park. What's changed is the definition of major distribution log logistic companies of what a regional distribution area is. Used to be 14 million residents. Mm. Since COVID, they've dropped it down to 8 million residents. So between Nassau, Suffolk, Brooklyn, Queens, you don't need to go through a tunnel or a bridge. Mm. There's over 8 million residents. So that's why one of the reasons you've seen all of a sudden that big increase in the distribution world out here. Sure. But what's happened now also is Long Island was always looked from west to east. And what's looking now is this Calverton Riverhead area. It's sort of equidistant to service to Hot Pod and then service to Orient Point and Mato Point, which are now year-round residences yeah. where they weren't before. Hmm. So there's, there's a lot of changes to understand and you know, you were asking me before about my own background. I, I think the best thing that I can say about my own background is I've always tried to learn each of these, like why is this, the, the distribution change? You know, why is the A-class office buildings doing well and the B not doing well? Right. And then understanding all of that. And so that's one of my personal strengths is be able to sort of look through and sort of project a little bit into the future of what's happening. Gotcha. Um, you know, SIBS itself seems to be a resource for Long Island, the, uh, the economic development community. What are the resources or the partners you have? I know you talked about ABLI, and what sure. are some of the other organizations that you partner with to help move things, you know, forward? Libby, Long Island Builders Institute, mm -hmm. you know, that was um, headed by Mitch Pally. Now we have... Um, some changes over there. Mike uh, uh, Florio's there. Yep. Another great guy. Mitch is, Mitch is a, a, the best thing about, about Mitch, other than everything he's accomplished himself, he's got a way of getting people around him to mobilize and doing things. Agreed. He's, yeah. he's a very great organizer. And I, I always bring up that point because I'm one of those that listen there and it's like, all right, I'm going to go do that. <laughs> <laughs> he always gets me to go. Uh, but, so Libby, uh, ABLI, Lyreg, you know, was another one. Big one is the Real Estate Institute at Stony Brook. 
Yes. So we have resources there for white papers. Um, mm -hmm. So we've published one on the IDA. Mm -hmm. Have you seen the IDA one? Uh, yes. Okay. Yes, the the um, you know what the benefits are, and again the misconceptions right. of, of what some of them are. Um, but yes, SIBS works hand in hand. And, and the thing is this: the reason why SIBS is so important is when a company says, you know what, I just I'm buying this other company, so now I'm going to have another hundred employees, or I got a big contract, or whatever the situation is. The first thing they, they have to think about is where am I putting everybody? Right. So they're not calling the architect yet. They're not calling the attorney to go over the lease. They're calling the broker is the first step. So we're very early in the process sure. of economic development and it's fun being there. It stinks in that there's not a lot of people who can refer business to us because we're the first ones to, you know, to see it. Yeah. But, um, but all of these organizations work together. Toro uh, Land Use, Toro Law School has a land use group. There's, um, uh, I'm sure I'm going to uh, make someone mad by leaving people out, but <laughs> there's, a whole, there's a whole slew of, of sure. organizations. LIA is, is another one we work with. But, right, right. But we work synergistically and because different people might hear something, for, again, from Albany or from... DC or county, and uh, look, we fought for double track and triple track. East side access, have you done that yet, east side access? Uh, yes, yes. It is, it's, it feels like you're cheating. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. I even yeah. went in through Grand Central, bopped around the city, and ended up by Penn Station. It took, took Penn home. <laughs> yeah, You know, it was yeah. just, it was phenomenal. Um, it, it, so really, that, it is. And we had the uh, self-certification win for Nassau County right. recently. So that's because of the synergy of these groups trying to be more of a united uh, voice. Exactly. Um, no, they, they, you do a great job, and you've been a tremendous resource for us as well. I mean, a lot of times the, the, it's, it's, some, it's a broker yeah. that walks through the IDA door mm -hmm. and says, hey, I got a company that's expanding and growing, and they need space, and uh, they want to be in Babylon. Right. You know, or, and that's another thing. You, know, you talk about the messaging. Um, you know, we work with the other IDAs. You know, I right. know that sometimes it's out there that we don't, but I know sometimes that, you know, th the perception is that we don't work together, that we're competing, and we really don't. Because at the end of the day, a business owner is going to make a business decision, right? right? So, but uh, we do appreciate that relationship, that's for sure. Are there anyone doing anything similar to SIBS or... Well, I mean, we're the largest commercial brokerage organization on the island. Um, there's been some, like the retail network, which I don't think is, is around anymore. So that was a specialized, you know, group. Yeah. The retail guys and girls are with us, you know, now. So, no, I mean, look, it's not easy keeping this thing running. Yeah. And which is why, again, I've been president three times, you, you know, you start running out of leaders at certain points sure, and um, to, to grow the company, uh, the organization, and keep it you know, directed properly. But, um, so no, there's really no competition. Gotcha. So if today, I'm gonna give you the magic wand and you're gonna, you're gonna put it over the region and you're gonna, what are some of the things you'd like to see that you're not seeing now, maybe that you'd like to see moving forward? So I would like to see there were certain efforts. So I was on the 
Long Island Partnership. Do you remember the Long Island Partnership? Originally, it was when Loco was here. Right. And it was the IDAs, it was the towns, the county, there was New York State people there. Um, and we used to meet, and company would come in to Long Island, and you're right, everybody worked synergistically and trying to you know, put the best foot forward. It was myself, Jack O'Connor, Marie Zare, um, were the primary brokers for that iteration, and then more recently, when it got moved over to the LIA, um, something like that needs to keep going. We, we keep inventing that when we have like huge downturns, hmm. you know, crushing downturns, like, right. like in the early 90s was a crushing downturn. The tech bubble busting was, a, was another one. You know, COVID has been sort of weird, so that we haven't had as much of a reaction and the industrial has kind of kept us up and multifamily. But like right now we don't have that. Right. So there's no unified voice for Long Island. So when you come here from an outsider, I'm gonna give you an example. I had a company, I, I do work all across the nation. So I had a company that was interested in Jersey, they were here. So the governor uh, of New Jersey said, called me up, meet us at Teterboro Airport at this time, bring your client, bring his wife, bring other decision makers. We got on a small plane, lifted off, and they did their homework on the president of the company, the vice president, the CFO, and they're like, here's the main dock, boat dock area, and here's where everybody goes for fishing and whatever. Here's our golf courses, you know, because what happens is when you're relocating the company, they understand you're not just relocating the president of the company, you're relocating his wife and kids mm. as well. Sure. And they sort of painted the whole you're going to move here, you're going to live here, and you're going to love it. And then with the tax advantages we're going to give you, the company is going to flourish, your kids are going to, you know, whatever. So we started, that we're a victim of our own success here. We have a very low beta compared to the rest of the country, meaning that the country goes down really bad, we don't go down as bad. Right. If the country goes booming as bad, we go up, but we don't go up as much. So we're a little buffered. So with that, we're comfortable that we don't need to really try hard. And we know how to try hard, just like I said, for me, just copying that. Yeah. But we had that two times. The Long Island Partnership had two lives. Both times were great, but there was nothing in between. Right. Maybe we could resurrect that then. Yeah, right? we should. Maybe we could uh, start that, because that makes a ton of sense. And, and again, being in sales like you are, how great is that to bring somebody in and yeah. position them like they were already there? No, we helped them. Sibs was the first non-governmental, non-utility board member. I was the board member. Hmm. And, you know, they were spending 95% of their um, money and efforts to attract new companies and 5% on retention. And I said, we're losing many more companies than you're ever going to attract. Hmm. So we flipped it and spent 95% on retention and 5% on attraction. And, but then everything started going well and it was like, okay, we don't need to exist anymore. Yeah, yeah. So at this time, I just want to remind everybody uh, for the listening audience that we are, go to our show notes and uh, we are going to give an opportunity. It'll be all uh, Dave's contact information and the organization, SIBS. Um, 
But again, we're here with David Panetta, co-president, uh, Commercial Industrial Brokers Society, SIBS, and also uh, as well as the executive managing director uh, for Cushman and Wakefield. A uh, ton of experience has been sharing some great information with us here today. Um, is there any parting thoughts, anything you'd like to add to what we kind of talked about? Yeah, you know, I think it's, you were asking before what was a, maybe the biggest change we can make as a positive. Yeah. Is the elected officials have to spend more time understanding real estate because it's such a driver. Um, I mean, even during COVID, New York State allowed us as one of the first um, people back necessary I forgot what they what they called us but you know we were one of the back with the medical people to uh, be allowed to um, go out and and do our our jobs because of the huge multiplier effect of, of real estate you know including residential as well but the the thing here is municipalities need to have a more updated understanding of their zoning hmm. you know because a lot of times I'm sitting there and they're like, well, the property's not zoned for multifamily senior. And then I'd ask the question, all right, well, how many acres in this township are zoned that? And they're like, zero. So, all right, well, why are you bringing that up then? You have, you've made no allocation for it. There's a huge need for that. Hmm. And when seniors move to out of single family homes into those, now you're opening up single family homes. Right, right. You know, so there, there needs to be that. Number two is when there's major projects coming. Um, one thing I like that we did with Huntington is we hired a master developer. And what that did is there was a contact with the community that wasn't about this building that's being built. So they weren't so up against something that didn't exist yet. So they sure. were more apt, apt to listen. So what I, you know, one thing I learned is, is if you try as an elected official, if you like try to ignore things and let, just let it go through, the only places for information is the say no to whatever Facebook page. You need to have, this is, you know, a Huntington Facebook page or Babylon or whatever and saying, this is why we're doing it. This is, this is the benefit, the long-term benefit. Because even in Huntington Station with Avalon Bay, that was probably the most contentious uh, zoning application ever. Mm. Failed the first time, it came back in and, and wound up getting passed. But you know, people were like, we don't, we don't want more apartments, but we want the retail to change. We want better retail. Right. We want banks. There's not a bank in anywhere you know, in Huntington Station. We want a grocery store. And I was like, you know, there's a symbiosis between how much is being spent and what is it being spent on in this community? And that's why those things aren't here. If you're bringing in a little different demographic, young, remember the double income, no, no kid, you know, where young people are married, but no kids. Right. So they get two, two incomes and they're not worried about saving, you know, like as you get older, you're, you're saving. So basically if they're making a hundred thousand dollars a year, you know, they're spending $110,000 a year. So um, that's all going back into the local community. Right. So if you drive through Huntington Station now, the single family homes that have like two foot grass growing and cars on blocks and whatever, they look beautiful. Mm -hmm. it's, it, I drove by and it was, 
And even one of the other older apartment buildings, the owner of that apartment building said, hey, Avalon's getting $3,000 a month or $2,700 a month. I'm going to put money into mine and get $2,200 a month. Right. So it sort of uplifted the whole area. And there's like no way house values were going down. Yeah. You know, if anything, yeah. they you know doubled. Yeah. No, that multiplier effect is, yeah. is tremendous. And when you yeah. can point to things like that, it's so important. I want to give one recommendation to you. Okay. All right. So to the idea. So brokers in general, and I have this conversation with them all the time. Brokers want the least amount of contingencies to get a deal done. Because if they don't get a deal, a transaction done, they don't make a brokerage commission. And there's a, you know, the but for language in your, if, if you don't, if you don't need this to go forward, then we're not giving you, right. you know, any benefits. You can't get rid of that, right? You, right. you need to have that. Um, but I think you should come to SIDS and we should have a session with the membership and talk about it and maybe talk about, um, you know, that, I mean, look, I do it all the time. We, I actually have a, a business line that works for you know for a fee to get people incentives. Um, it benefits you know benefits them. It gets companies to expand that maybe would go somewhere else to expand. But not everybody's educated on that, and that's one of the reasons why we did that white paper at the Real Estate Institute. Right. But um, I'm going to invite you to come into SIBS, be on a panel, and discuss to get brokers more comfortable with this with the process. So there's. Um, more people using the IDAs, and then more people coming to Babylon. This was a win right there. Yeah. All right. <laughs> That's great. Uh, well, again, David, I want to thank you so much for being here today. It uh, is great. And I also want to put the invitation out. As you just invited me to you, I, I, you can come back anytime. And I think uh, that would be great to have you back again in the future. Uh, you've been listening to Economically Speaking. My name is Tom Dolan. Have a great day, everyone. This episode of Economically Speaking Podcast was brought to you by the Town of Babylon IDA. To find out more information about today's topic, our guest, or to simply stay connected, please visit the show notes where you'll find all the relevant links.